Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Looks like Google bought favorable research to lobby with by Adam Rogers. Officially, the online search giant Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. According to two new reports, one from the Wall Street Journal and one from the nonprofit nonpartisan campaign for accountability's Google Transparency Project, the company doesn't just organize. When Google wishes it had information that would maybe help further its policy and regulatory goals, it just pays academics under the table to gin it up. That's pretty evil, y'all. The assertions in both the journal reporters had access to an early draft of the Google Transparency Project's report and did even more reporting are astounding. The journal article contends that Google financed hundreds of papers at anywhere from $5,000 to $400,000 a pop, even at times participating in the editing process. And the researchers the company worked with often didn't disclose the relationship. Guys, guys, do computer science departments not mention the thing about not subverting academic freedom with bribes in an attempt to influence legal and regulatory frameworks? Oh, but you're all like, come on, don't be so uptight. Google funds research. It's practically an R&D institution. Machine learning cars that search their own balloon-powered books database at gmail.com. The Google Transparency Project says no. The papers Google funded expressly supported the business, covering a wide range of policy and legal issues of critical importance to Google's bottom line, including antitrust, privacy, net neutrality, search neutrality, patents, and copyright. When European and U.S. regulators started looking hard at Google for potential antitrust violations between 2011 and 2013, the number of Google-funded papers with titles like Google, a monopoly, 
Don't make me, a credentialed academic, laugh, spiked. The same thing happened again in 2015. In 2013, when regulators and media companies wanted to know if Google could be held responsible for linking to pirated materials, it was all papers like, Just because you found something copyrighted on Google, that's just like your opinion, man. Okay, I made those specific titles up, but still. Then those articles and papers themselves got linked or referenced elsewhere, further muddying the trail of money, and those entire networks of pseudo-knowledge became fodder to lobby regulators and elected officials. You know what company is very, very good at understanding network effects? Google is a company with a tremendous amount of power and wealth, says Dan Stevens, executive director of the Campaign for Accountability. They really try to leverage that to get what they want from policymakers. At one point, his organization's report says, Google CEO Eric Schmidt even cited to Congress a paper saying his company wasn't a monopoly, without disclosing that Google had paid for the paper. Here's the journal again. Google has paid professors whose papers, for instance, declared that the collection of consumer data was a fair exchange for its free services, that the company didn't use its market dominance to improperly steer users to Google's commercial sites or its advertisers, and that it hasn't unfairly quashed competitors. Several papers argue that Google's search engine should be allowed to link to books and other intellectual property that authors and publishers say should be paid for. You might remember this tactic from such betrayals of the public trust as big tobacco covering up the link between cigarettes and cancer, or oil companies obfuscating the link between greenhouse gas emissions and climate change. And to be fair, Google gave up on the injunction, don't be evil, a couple of years ago. The Google website posted a response to the Campaign for Accountability report. The company took issue with the idea that any amount of funding at any time represented an ongoing influence on a person or organization. Our support for the principles underlying an open Internet is shared by many academics and institutions who have a long history of undertaking research on these topics across important areas like copyright, patents, and free expression. We provide support to help them undertake further research and to raise awareness of their ideas, the statement says. Furthermore, the company says the researchers it funds have complete editorial and intellectual independence, and they're supposed to disclose their own financial relationships to journals, conferences, and whoever else is reading their work. That's tricksy. First of all, while Google both funded people who already supported the company's positions and solicited favorable research, people who take money or gifts of almost any size almost always end up showing favoritism to the giver's positions. Physicians who take gifts from pharmaceutical companies are a great example. Members of presidents' families who meet with Russian government lawyers might be too. But the second thing, the part about disclosing financial relationships, is even sketchier. In the world of banking and finance, forcing people to admit if they're being paid to make certain claims or getting money from the people whom those claims support applies a coat of Teflon to a transaction. Everyone having information about everyone's priors removes some friction from the transaction. Outside that world, in, let's say, science or public policy, it's less clear what good a disclosure does. 
In an ideal world, you'd have a lot of academics studying this stuff, being funded by a university, Stephen says. You want untainted research. But if that's impossible, at least disclose. Many academic and trade associations require disclosures of financial connections from their members. Government usually does, too, unless the heads of ethics agencies deployed to watchdog such stuff quit in a fog of mind-boggle. But even if the researchers and academics who took Google money did disclose, nothing about that disclosure guarantees fair work ethically conducted. If a disclosure is supposed to make a reader regard work with more skepticism, how much more? And however high a disclosure of a financial interest makes you raise an eyebrow, does it stay that high for a subsequent paper that cites the first one? It's hard to get academic research funded. Google has a lot of money and funds a lot of good research. It's a company with a lot of goodwill in the world. But imagine how this would look if, as my colleague Megan Moltini suggests, this same story global replaced Google with Monsanto. Google owns massive amounts of data on you and all of its other users that it does not share. And if capitalism's answer to potential corporate malfeasance is that customers are free to take their business elsewhere, well, it's hard to find a viable option to the world's biggest Internet search engine. If the Wall Street Journal and the Google Transparency Project are right, the company's doing everything it can to make sure things stay that way. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.